Just a friendly reminder, y'all. March Madness brackets are due by noon on Thursday, March 16th. And if you're having trouble figuring out who to pick to win, have we got some advice for you. We called up Tim Chartier, a professor of math and computer science at Davidson College, who runs the incredibly helpful website MarchMathness.com. We asked him to help us, well, not cheat exactly, but make some informed decisions. After that, technology editor Alex George, fresh off an appearance on the Today Show, stops by with new gadgets designed to keep your home safe from intruders. And Peter Martin and I get into a body fat competition with a new sculpt. That's sculpt with a K, body fat scanner. Get ready to math your whole March Madness pool out of $20, y'all. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and you're listening to the most useful podcast ever. So we have with us today Tim Chartier, who is a professor of mathematics and computer science at Davidson College and specializes in sports analytics. Is that right? Yes, I do. Um, so we have been talking a lot in the office about March Madness, as one does as it gets closer. Uh, go Duke. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, <laughs> we were wondering... It's a terrible I, thing to say to a North Carolina college professor. Oh, well, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I was said it? that in my class. We need a 10-minute break for everyone to <laughs> work that out. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, is there a way in, uh, let's say, really basic terms to explain how you can use math to figure out a bracket? Sure. So there's basically uh, two ways that you can do this, or really three. One is to, uh, like we do, work with the methods and do computer programming. For most of us, that's just too much and too heavily involved, and you just want to talk around the water cooler not necessarily have a research project. Another one is just to use the online codes that we do have that do linear algebra, and that's at marchmathness.davidson.edu. <laughs> the reason it's helpful is that you have to be careful. It's data analytics, so you want to look at it as an informed opinion but not truth. So even when you pop out a ranking, and our brackets assume that a higher-ranked team, like if I'm number one, it'll be the team that's predicted to win. And it just gives you the ability, like when you said go Duke, is that if, if maybe that's the team you're just going to have win a lot no matter what the math says. But then there'll come some point where you just don't know teams as well. And so it can help with that. But more importantly, what it does, which helps with the third way to do it, where it's like I don't want to use somebody's code. I want to kind of do it myself is that the key to our methods is that it looks at the strength of the teams that you beat. So you might have an undefeated season, but if you played a lot of really weak teams, then that's not really saying a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And that's what our math does for us. In order for me to know my strength, I have to know your strength at the same time. And that's where the math comes in. But you can still do that by looking at people's records where you look to see how did they win and where did they win? One of the big things the, my students began to integrate was it's not just winning, but often if you can look that people win on the road. Oh, if, interesting. If, if you can beat good teams on the road, then that's a good signal. And another signal is are you hot moving toward the tournament? So if you're really good in the fall, but you're kind of falling apart as you move forward, that's sometimes a signal too. Uh, you got to be a bit careful there because some of the, the teams that are from weaker conferences, like when Steph Curry played for Davidson, we were in the Southern Conference, and now we're the, in the A-10. And the Southern Conference doesn't have as many powerhouse teams. And so we played much stronger teams in the fall. 
and you could see that we almost beat them. And so that was kind of a signal of, and we played really well going into the tournament. So you've got to be a bit careful of always looking at somebody's record um, to figure some of that out. So those are some of the things that we look at. Are you always adding in new sources of data to these yeah. things? Or you are? Yes, we do. New, we add new data, and then we also just kind of uh, think of new ways to model. So just yesterday, actually, the NCAA, they promote the tournament, and they were asking us some questions about identifying signals for Cinderella teams. And then today, another two students are working on a research project to do all of this in a completely new way. And it's March Madness, so it's always going to be um, wrong to an extent. You're probably not going to come up with a perfect bracket. But the fun part is, is what can you find that's right? And what can you find that someone else doesn't find? And that's usually what you're trying to figure out. Has anyone found anything? Can you reveal anything for the Cinderella teams? Any signals that you guys have? Yeah, one of the ones we had was a strong bench. Um, which isn't like that surprising, but one of the ones that one of my students did inadvertently was that he, uh, because of Steph Curry, he didn't really actually follow basketball that carefully, and he said, oh, I'm going to look for a team that has a really strong, um, one really strong player, and then he heavily weighted teams with one strong player, and his bracket was incredibly horrible it, it, <laughs> yeah. it was in, like it was really awkward because i i said to the students in passing it's really hard to make a bracket that's in the 0.1 percentile which means that 99.9 percent of the brackets on espn beat you and i said that's as hard as producing <laughs> ones that are really good and then he did and i was like <laughs> wow. so i didn't know if he did it just to show he could or if he screwed up and so we had this kind of awkward conversation, <laughs> and, and he pointed out that he did try, but his model just didn't work. And I don't know if it was that particular one. I let them do several. But I know that the one with one strong player did really bad. And the reason for that is if you have one strong player, then in March Madness the teams are strong enough that they can shut you down. Right. Mm-hmm. And Steph, of course, um, did not have just one person. He had, like, the leading assist person on the team as well, which part of that's because they're passing it to Steph, but not just <laughs> Steph. There were other people on the team. One of the big things with Cinderella teams is that they can create turnovers. Oh. Um, they give up very few threes, and they take a high percentage of threes. So that's um, one of the things. And the other thing is that you need them to get beyond the first game. So you actually look also at who they're playing. And... Um, one of the big things is that um, the other team does not block shots well is that they'll play, and they play a looser defense. So those are just some eyeball things that people can look from. Is that what a lot of this is, where you just you have you sort of go on a whim and think, all right, well, maybe it's guys, you, a team that's all over 6'4", and you take a look at those teams and find out they don't do that well? Or is there a little more thought? That, am, I, am I oversimplifying that? Yeah, no, we put in a lot of statistics into a large data set and then let the uh, mathematics actually find the indicators. We don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you, like like earlier when you said go Duke, one of the problems with that's hard with that is, like, for you, it'd probably be really hard to let UNC do really well in the tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah, I pretty, I, even if anyone tells, I'll use as much statistics as I can to make a bracket, and then I put Duke on top. I can't yeah, exactly. do it. You know? <laughs> and so it, um, if you actually do that, that's not too bad. But if you, if you see UNC doing well and you just change all the mathematics so that they just can't, the math will say they don't, that's when the brackets struggle. And so for people who know a lot of basketball, 
if they come up with a good model that they agree with, but then when they see the bracket, they're like, no, forget it. I mean, I, it, they're just trying to get the math to say what they would have done in the beginning. That's usually when it's the most dangerous. It's better to just let the math say what it's going to say and then blend the two together. Right. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm, I'm, glad I'm doing it well. <laughs> yeah. Do you, is there more pressure on you to beat people when you enter a bracket pool, or do you not do that anymore just so people don't bug you? Um, I've... I'm helping so many people that I usually don't enter myself. In fact, the year that Warren Buffett had the billion-dollar bracket Mm -hmm. challenge, um, the media was just all over. So I was being interviewed 8 to 15 times a day for three weeks. And so my kids were totally used to it. And my son, who was like around 10 at the time, I'm not sure he knew what a billion dollars was, but he knew it was a lot more than a million dollars, which is a good thing. And he knew from hearing me speak that I generally didn't make a bracket because I'm helping the students and I'm helping, I'm doing things with the press. And so he, one day when we were walking, he said, Daddy, are you going to make a bracket this year? And I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, of all the years, it's, this year is going to be hard. And so he asked me the one way that I would say yes. He said, will you help me make a bracket? <laughs> Smart uh, kid. And I said, yeah. of course I will. But the problem is his dad's a prof. So I said, I will, but I'll only give you, I'll help you only when you're stuck. So you've got to make most of the decisions. <laughs> the only problem was he didn't know the difference between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So if you actually see the bracket, one of those teams played a lot better than the <laughs> 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 Kind of made our math look a little sketchy. But anyway, that's generally what I do. Otherwise, I, I, it may sound silly, but I just really enjoy seeing what other people do with the methods and seeing people. I have friends who otherwise never do math with their children and use these methods to engage their, each person comes up with their own model and explains it in the family. It seems like a good in. Yeah, exactly. It's a fun thing to do. Like one of the simple ones, a friend of mine who's an artist who had never done math with his friends, they, they just sent like, now I think they use the online codes, but they used to just send me their numbers, and I would send back the ranking, and again, the higher-ranked team wins, is you decide how many pieces to break a season into, so like four, and then you decide how much to weight a game in each of those segments. And so if the first segment's half a game, then that means if you win, you get half a win and I get half a loss. If in the second quarter it's worth three-fourths of a game, then you're getting 0.75 for that win, and I get 0.75 for the loss. And maybe in the last quarter, it's worth like three games. So it's like I think if you're in the last quarter, it's very predictive of the tournament. So you upweight it a lot. So that's what each of them would send me their you know interval weights. Yeah. I'd send back their ranking, and then um, my friend and his two sons would compete in bracketology, but also explain their math models to each other. So for me as a math prof, that's really fun to watch. Yeah. Often if you tell people, we're gonna, I'm going to give you something I do, and you're going to sit at the dinner table and talk about it, it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> we're a very special family that'll do that. <laughs> and so March Mathinus is available to everybody. And um, what do you, you suggest you go on here? You get to pick your own weights the way you were talking about for the first quarter or second yeah, quarter. The, um, the three that you want to use, there's uniform weighting, which means that the – you're not waiting against time, so you're acting like how you played early is how you played late, but you still have the opportunity to rank for home and away. Sometimes people feel away is more predictive. And then you can you pick between two methods. There's the, what's called the Coley method, which looks only at wins and losses, and then the Massey method, which looks at scores. And a lot of times people think scores is better, but you have to keep in mind that 
there's a lot that can happen in the last two minutes that makes it kind of mm-hmm. hard to tell. Yeah. And then also blowouts get kind of tough because a team might be able to beat another team by 60 points, but at some point they start putting in the bench and trying other things and using it almost like a, a lab to try other ideas so they only win by 40. And that can kind of <laughs> dilute things It's a good well. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it allows you to do things. But really quick, the, the three weightings, so the one was uniform. The other one's the interval. That's the one I talked about where you break it up. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is log weighting. There's one more on there that is called linear weighting. Yeah. Where you, that's like Y equals MX plus B that you learned like in, in junior high. That's a horrible weighting method. Oh, really? Like, why is it there? It's there because teachers across the country use it with their middle school students. And I think they probably just don't tell them it's a horrible weighting method. <laughs> it's there for that. And I've worked a lot with teachers before this got a lot of attention. And um, if I take it out, then, like, their curriculum kind of falls apart. Uh-huh. So I just leave it there. And then in each interview, I try to point out, please do not use that. Do method. not use that. <laughs> that's, that's important that you said that. Yeah. It's also nice for people to know that you do not need to know any math to take. I've, my math no. has slipped a lot since college. And I, I, feel, I tried a couple of these using last year's. Yeah. Teams and um. Yeah, he said Y equals MX plus B, and I almost hit, I almost hit under the table. I was like, oh no. Uh, but yeah, but no, th- uh, that's awesome. I I tried it this morning actually, and I didn't. I actually know very little about both basketball and math, and managed to make sense of it. So I, I think it's pretty user friendly. Yeah, one of the big things is that um, what we find is that people who don't know basketball actually in my classes can produce the strongest brackets. Because, again, they're not informed by what they already believe. Yeah. And so what you want to do is kind of come up with a bracket that's what you believe and then let the math come up with a bracket. <laughs> and then, you know, in some sense have a blend between the two. But it's incredible how often somebody who doesn't know basketball that well can come up with a really, if you just think about kind of momentum and so forth, that in itself can help you. That's always my excuse for losing, that somebody who doesn't know basketball has to win. So it's yeah. not that I'm bad at it. That's what it is. got to get enough people in your bracket or in your whole bracket pool that uh, one of them you can be like, well, look, you know, such and so is, is doing great, and she knows nothing about it or he knows <laughs> nothing about it. So. Uh, well, we know you, you have to run and probably have classes to teach on March Madness, but um, thank you very much for doing this. Oh, you bet. Good luck with your brackets. We have with us Alex George, who is our tech editor. You guys probably know that. And you were on the Today Show this week. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. I had. I think there were dozens of viewers for it. <laughs> and you Mom were talking about home security and got to play with all these toys, which you have brought us. For sure. So uh, I'll just get right into them. The first one that we talked about was this uh, company called Simply Safe with two eyes. And the idea is it works like a normal security system where you have a keypad and you have uh, sensors that you put on the door to see if uh, it's opened, uh, glass shatter sensors, uh, carbon monoxide detectors, a whole bunch of these things. Okay. The difference is that it is completely wireless, so you don't have to have a guy come in and install it, and it's just using double-sided tape, so if you move or you have an apartment, you can bring it with you wherever you go. Whoa. So, so wait, how many pieces does this come with? You can modify as big as you want to. Usually, as I talked to the guys who work there, they said you'll probably spend around like three to four hundred bucks. And then that comes with, uh, you know, a couple of door sensors, a couple of uh, glass sensors, and um, this kind of base station. The cool part about this 
base station is that it has a battery inside of it. So what you'll do is you can plug it in. Say someone tries to cut the power, it'll still have enough energy to run the system and make sure that you know an alarm sounds if somebody comes in. But it also has a SIM card inside, so it will t talk to your police uh, department if there's a break-in, and it'll talk to uh, or you know you don't cancel it or you don't say you're safe for it that kind of thing. And if the smoke detectors are going off and you don't respond to the notifications, whatever. It'll call the fire department. Oh, I see. And it doesn't require your it doesn't require a landline, which most no, people don't exactly. have. So that's handy. And the other idea too is that if they're, you know, some kind of Tom Cruise burglar where they cut the phone line, something like that. <laughs> if you happen to be in an episode of Jason Mission Bourne. Impossible or Jason if Jason Bourne's outside. It will have you covered. If you are Jason Bourne. Perhaps yeah, watch out, Matt Damon. Okay. Or Jeremy Renner. So the idea but the other the main thing. I think point it's Matt Damon that, again now. That's right, yeah. He's yeah. in a bad one, the yeah. recent one. So the idea is that it's Completely wireless. The batteries, unlike the door sensors, will last five years. The keypad lasts a year, and they're just AA batteries. It's super easy to install, and it's uh, 15 bucks a month for the monitoring, the call center, all that stuff you see on um, home security system. Okay, quick, show it to me. I want to sure. show these things. So many little boxes in here. So you get this box. Oh, you get this cool. kind of totem thing that's the central hub. That and uh, The cool thing is, too, if you don't have to connect it to your Wi-Fi, you can. But the other part is that when you install it, you can take it apart. <laughs> I mean, Jackie is currently trying to jam the boxes back, and it's like a 3D ah. version of trying to fold up a map again is, and not I, having it work. I'm also not good at that. So what it does is when you're installing, you're, it's a, it'll voice guide you through the entire process. Put this on, you know, mount this to here, pairing completed, all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. I hate installing these things. Okay. So this is cool. You said it's 300 to $400? Correct. And then 15 bucks a month uh, after that. Oh, and that's the simplest safe. Correct. Okay. Yeah. What else do you have? All right. So the other one's- <laughs> The oh. box didn't go back in. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna fix that. Post. Say, uh, take that away. This is something really cool. This is the Arlo um, Arlo Pro. These are uh, it's a different company that you know you've probably heard of Nest Cam. These Wi-Fi cameras they connect to your home network and they let you access from anywhere uh, the video feed from it that's coming in. And uh, meanwhile, the company will store footage on the cloud. So if some if there's a break in that happens, something like that, it'll you can go back and review the footage, find somebody. But the other part about that. Is uh, it's kind of cool. The, Nest is has this more with their cameras, but there's software to distinguish, um, say, a pet from a human being. Mm -hmm. So if you're away and you have these notifications on, so let me know if there's motion in my house where that's empty while I'm on vacation. But it can tell if it's your cat or if it's actually somebody coming inside. Okay. And then oh, that's the, that's great. Yeah. So these Arlo cameras, they're kind of this uh, oh, cigarette this pack nice. sized um, cameras, and, and this sticks on something. You can mount it. You can just set them somewhere. And the cool thing is that these, unlike the Nest, it. are uh, they're completely wireless. So which you, you will the last maybe four to six months, oh, and I you just it set on. them outside. It's look, it's blinking at me. Security cameras make me nervous. Like I, it's just blinking at me here in the office. But I'm like, I bet, I bet I'm gonna get in trouble for this now. It's not going to anything, I think. <laughs> no maybe North no Korea. One's at it. Oh, except for maybe North Korea. Yeah. So this is the Arlo Pro. How much was that? So that you'll start out around. Uh, I think this one comes to four twenty or something like that for two cameras in that base station. Okay. Uh, and then you'll go, you know, up as you. It's um, it's cheaper per camera as you add more oh, and I more. See. Uh, Are these in general cheaper than what was available before in terms of home security systems? Oh, for you mean in terms of. Uh, you know, calling ADT and having them wire Yeah, you something up. like that or yeah, whatever companies do it. The Simply Safe's uh, main point, it's direct to consumers. So the idea is, yes, we're going to, you know, it'll be a lot cheaper. And I these see. cameras, uh, you know, we talked to Gary Delavate, contributor, and he built a house 10 years ago and he got the hardwired CCTV cameras. It's a huge system. It's got a huge hard drive base in his basement. And he's like, that was thousands and thousands of dollars. This, you can do this for, you know, 
couple hundred bucks because you know it's about 200 per camera and then you just connect it to your home wi-fi and as long as that connection works and you pay like a little monthly fee for the cloud storage it works out to be a whole lot cheaper than it was even five years ago Gary Delabate, that's Baba Booey, is that? Baba Booey, Baba Booey. radio heads I know, I was just going to say, like, this is, that's a very appropriate I'm talking reference. to him, like, because I just <laughs> talked to him on the phone a little while ago, so I'm like, hey, Gary, yeah, but Baba Booey, Harvard Stern producer, um, yeah, so he's he loves this stuff, and he uh, he wrote a column for the issue that's out right now about uh, home cameras, and I'll give you a little taste of, he's in the camp of, this is cool, I don't need it, but I kind of like but it. But I want to play with it. Yeah. Okay, and what, what, you got one more? So this final one is kind of more in the... Uh, this was unexpected for me. I wanted to think that this was kind of stupid. This is the August Smart Lock. Okay. So it's about... Uh, it's heavy. This is a cool box, though. Let's see. So this costs 230 bucks. It's this barrel-shaped thing that you put on your existing deadbolt lock. Okay. And it kind of more or less makes your phone into your key. But the really cool part is that if you hook it up to your Wi-Fi, what it means you can do is lock and unlock it remotely. Uh, you set it on there, and then you can lock and unlock your deadbolt remotely. So the uh, and uh, and so this is like a little cylinder. What? How, so okay. That goes on the inside of your house. That's what you would see. Oh, inside. this is on the inside. Correct. Where does the lock come out of it? The side? No, you just put it on top of the mechanism that turns the oh. lock, and then you leave the rest of it. So the exterior looks exactly the same. So nobody knows that you have a smart lock oh, from the I outside. See. And if you are nervous, you know, when I first started using it, you. I still carried my key just because I was a little bit paranoid of it yeah. not working or, you know, North Korea taking it over or something like that. But it um, it really works. And when you get really good with it, that's, it, that's the sound of it turning. When <laughs> so you can I'm get making noises really good at it, you can set it up to, you know, as you approach, it automatically unlocks. When you leave, it locks behind you. Oh. Um, and it just kind of takes care of this everyday headache of, yeah, I hear a lot of uh, people have kids who won't lock the door behind them when uh -huh, they leave. Uh -huh. They can do it that way. You can just and be able to. Accidentally lock your kid in the house. Yeah, it's <laughs> you're stuck there. But yeah, yeah, it's so it's 230 bucks. It's uh, if you have this, you know, we have a writer testing you right now. If you have a lot of people coming to and uh, going, uh, going to and coming from your house, uh, and also you can get accessories. It could be. Like I a, could see it be really being really good for uh, Airbnb. They have an entire section of the yeah. app that's dedicated just to that. So yeah. you can add a keypad that you give to people temporary codes. You can send permission to somebody's phone to temporarily be have access to it and then it ends say at the end of their stay oh that's great so yeah it's pretty cool i, I see this being just the norm very soon uh that that august lock i think is the thing i would buy from your selection just because yeah. i have an apartment and that sounds like the most reasonable thing to do but yeah it solves a real problem too which, what's what's your favorite oh this i like this one a lot you too. like that one cool well thanks for coming by anytime yeah Do a special testing table on guess my body fat. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, make it a game. It was, it's going to be a game. No one's going to get body shamed here. It's a very. <laughs> this is a safe space for all bodies of all sorts. Yeah, uh, all, all different. I body, body shame myself enough as it is. Uh, well, this thing will shame you. This thing oh, that I've been playing it. with. Okay. Well, what have you been playing with? It is a sculpt sensor. Sculpt is cutely spelled with a K. Oh, it's really, really. I feel annoying. like there should be a way to sculpt. Sculpt. <laughs> Sounds the same to me. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, at least they used all the, they didn't take out the U or something. They're like most internet companies take yeah, out like the SKLPT. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but it is a, it's a little device. It's the size of a pack of cards that you put on different muscles and it tells you your body fat and your muscle quality. And what does muscle quality mean? What if it just says 
piss poor. You got yeah. piss poor muscle quality, and you're it like categorizes I mean. in nicer ways, yeah. like fit, uh, athletic, piss poor, needs work, <laughs> needs work, <laughs> needs work. Um, no muscle muscle quality is apparently the force relative. It's like the basically your muscle density. It's the strength of your muscles relative to their size. If I have the same size bicep as another person, like how different can our strength be? That's what I'm uh, curious. Yeah, about. I think hugely different. Really? Yeah. I think I mean just as a as a female, I have definitely seen women who aren't who are say taller, and so their muscles are like a little longer, more mm-hmm. elongated, because I'm short, and they can do like a ton of pull ups or something. And then you're just like, you're definitely stronger than me, but I look like I have more biceps than you because the muscles just shorter on my body. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I mean it could be that. I guess I just thought muscle tissue was like. You know, relatively. That's why uniform. we should have smart people on the podcast. Sometimes. Yeah, let's just cut off this. Stuff. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just that. cut off. This stuff okay, work. so how does the sculpt work? <laughs> All right. So, in a private room, because you have to push it against your skin in many different places, twenty-four different muscle Whoa. groups. Um, Are any of them your bare butt? One, yeah. I washed it. I washed <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I thought of that because in all the other muscle groups I didn't feel self-conscious about coming in and telling you guys that I had measured the muscle density of different places but then it's like stick it on your glute and it shows a picture of a man like pulling his underwear up <laughs> on his like, butt well. and you just stick it back there um, so but I washed it with soap so we're good <laughs> um, so yeah so you, you put it, it maybe we should talk about how it actually scans yes I would love to um, it has 24 metal sensors on the back uh, the wider ones on the outside send a current into your muscle, and then the middle ones measure the voltage. They just measure the reading. So mm-hmm. um, the more muscle it gets in the way, the different the they're the more muscle or fat that it finds the different current reading it's going to give you. So yeah, so you put it on three muscles to start. It gives you a general picture of your body, tells you you have whatever percentage of body fat, and then you can actually go through and do the other 21 muscles, and it will tell you your problem areas, which I don't think it refers to as problem areas because it's not a sorority app. Uh, <laughs> it, it tells you whatever issues you need to work on, and then it gives you either a full workout or a supplemental workout. What are the uh, what no, are the what are the three that give you a general overall picture? Uh, one side of your abs, your tricep, and quad. I think those are pretty similar to what they use when they because I've had mine caliper tested. Oh yeah, like I've never a, been pinched for it. Yeah, this does not hurt. We should point that well, out. That's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've only ever done the one where you hold the two handles and it's almost like a steering wheel. Yeah, and they sell those scales. They're scales with the foot pads on yeah. them that right. are metal. Um, but the the problem with those is that the current gets weaker the farther it travels in your body, so you're not going to get as good of a result. Um, oh, that makes sense. Supposedly. Is this more expensive than a scale? It's a hundred bucks, so not really. Oh, that's not bad. Um, any kind of electronic scale is probably at least fifty dollars. Um, yeah. And then that scale probably doesn't give you Will this tell you, you your weight? I guess it can't. It will not tell you your weight. Okay. You can tell it your weight. Oh, that's good. Um, but so no, it's great. After you do it, it tells you. So my, you guys ready to learn about me? I cannot yeah. wait. My trouble spots. Um, also, this thing will give me body dysmorphia, which I already had, <laughs> but now have <laughs> I th- more. I feel like we should just point out here that Peter Martin is a fairly slender gentleman who is fit but not like i wouldn't think you'd have an eating disorder i only because i don't want to go from being skinny trying to gain weight my whole life to suddenly hitting 40 and then then being fat fat. and never having a peak time in life (laughs) i would i would like to have so you'd be okay with it as long as there was a brief crest where you were just very pleased with yourself i'd like it not to be a brief crest but the older i get the more i realize that crest crest time may have passed i am peaking i am plateauing um but yeah, so the three, so my targeted training plan based on this, shoulders, forearms, and glutes, 
are the worst muscle quality and um, body fat percentage. Mm. So what it does, after you fill it all out, it gives you all the readings for the 24 places, and then it gives you a comprehensive training plan. So if you're not already doing a workout, this I actually thought was really great because we've been trying to find my wife a workout online, and there's nothing. There's no good, like, six-month plan to go mm-hmm. and do it. But this one, after it takes a look at you and you tell it, I want to gain weight, I want to lose weight, or I just want to be healthy, it gives you a comprehensive workout plan. And does this include like cardio recommendations and things like that? Oh, wow. That's pretty I think great. So. Well, they, they just call it active rest, but you just go do what you want on those days. Okay. Uh, and do they give you actual exercises or it just... They do. They go through yeah. and you actually... And they change because you're supposed to scan your muscle quality every week. And so it'll update your... It'll, maybe it'll change your reps. It'll take exercises out if you've fixed an imbalance. I think the best thing, if you're not like me, you're not really interested in the workout program. It's more finding imbalances because they say with runners, if your quads are a lot stronger than your hamstrings, you get hurt. Hey, um, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to tell you from personal experience that that is accurate. Uh, we should measure your gimpy hamstring on that would this. be fun be actually like broken no yeah I, yeah I would love it for it to say like right hamstring a uh, piece of crap <laughs> yeah versus left hamstring totally normal uh, does so it do that like from uh, side to side will it give you different like, it'll show so we I should just show you my little little body man representation on your here little body man your little homunculus um, that's my, so one it, of my favorite words it shows ah. the body and it shows if you touch on the top it'll switch from the muscle quality to the body fat percentage so I'm since your forearms are uh, your weak spot. I feel like I would have comparably stronger forearms than you, because of the type of exercise I do. That's what I think. What type of exercise do you do? Uh, um, <laughs> I am uh, into pole dancing. That's what I do. Is uh, it's for fun and it, you use a lot of arm strength. It's also very good for your abs. Pole dancing classes. I just think that's an important distinction. That is an important distinction. Yes, uh, I am for fun and for money. For and you know, <laughs> uh, I pay actually an exorbitant amount of money to do it, which is I feel Not like how it, it normally works. Yeah, I know. I was like, I feel like I've done this wrong. <laughs> right, you so, really yeah. are doing it backwards. <laughs> just yeah. spending a ton of money. Uh, the difference is that uh, you're in a, a room with a bunch of women in sports bras. That's that's the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. But um, honestly, it has made a. I mean, my abs are quite different than they were beforehand we should so. send kevin to pole dancing class i, I could use it i will really totally could. take what pole if the person with, with the worst forearm strength has to go to pole dancing class with jackie what if it's me then you kevin it's are both definitely safe. me we all know it's me <laughs> all right i always lose these things. every time we have a contest on the podcast I lose. <laughs> okay so first who wants to guess my forearm body fat percentage Ooh. let's go well, with what can we can you give us your overall body fat percentage so we can go off of that yes Okay. 9.6. Ooh, that's low. This is interesting. That's, he like, said, that's pretty athletic. Because he said that it's, his forearms are a problem spot, but I also would just feel like forearms wouldn't have that much That's fat. what I thought. So that's why was, I was surprised that it was But it's a percentage issue. of your overall forearm. But it just seems like chest and butt and abs are places people carry fat more than forearms. Yeah. Um, so I was surprised at that. I figured they would tell me more normal places. So we're going to guess your... I'm going to say 12 Okay. Okay, I'll say thirteen. I think I think what it's above. No, I just say, I just think it's I think it's over twelve. Okay. You so, both think I have very fat arms. <laughs> well, that that's what the app said. Ten point three and ten point nine. Oh. Um. All right. But so now. Well, look. He, this is comparative though, because my body fat in general is going to be higher than both of yours because I'm right. female. So like, I would almost guarantee that my forearms are going to be fattier. 
Oh, so is it really a combination? Sounds like you're backing off of the, no, the no, confidence well, you had before yeah, and your stronger form. Well, no, I said, I said comparatively. If we Would could you want to like, do this muscle quality? This let, We could do muscle quality. Let's yeah. go. But I think we go dominant hand. Dominant okay. hand, forearm. Okay. All right. And so dominant hand, forearm, muscle quality for me, 89.2. Okay. All right. So So yeah, show us how to use Since Jackie this, was less mean to me, she's going to get to go first because you said my forearms are fat. Fine. Uh, I stand by that guess. It's not very nice. All right. So let me see. I have to put you on as a guest mode. Guest mode. Female. So it does, It actually does, it accounts for your gender. Oh, it does? I, mean, okay. I don't know if that's like giving you credit or just... Credit. So for the body fat, that wouldn't change anything, right, but for the muscle wouldn't. quality, it might. That's probably true. Right. So then you have to spray the sensors on the back, and that just helps it get a better connection with your skin. Okay. And let's pick your right forearm. Yep. Start scanning. So it kind of is like the size of like an old Blackberry or something, and it has a glowing bar on the outside to show you when the measurement works. Um, it says it's done. Whoa. All right, so Jackie. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Re- okay, so I'm, I'm losing. I'm going to have to take class myself. Um, so my body fat percentage of my forearm is 17.5. I don't believe this. I'm looking but at no, your forearm. But no, women are higher in general. Can so I permission to poke your forearm? Yeah. <laughs> no. Rock solid. <laughs> the, Wait, what is it? Because my muscle quality is 62.5. And it was what? What was Which the percentage? Muscle strength relative fit. to muscle mass. But your your muscle quality is fit, and then your body fat percentage is right between fair and good. So you're in the second top category for muscle quality. Oh wow! Quality. Wait, that's crazy. That so that's got to be the oh, oh, female versus female. male thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that just must be you don't get as much testosterone, and so it's harder to have denser muscles. Or oh, whatever. maybe maybe that's true. Um, Interesting. And then now let's go to Kevin. So we have to guest mode for a male. All right. This will be more fun. You can reveal Kevin's numbers if you okay, do on okay. the other <laughs> Oh, you have to push um, push the forearm muscle on the little, there's a little diagram of a man on the app. So just push his left forearm muscle, and we'll do that one first. Okay. Like touch the little picture of it? Yeah. Oh, the okay, hollow. okay. Left, for, left forearm. All right. And start okay. scanning. Do I click start I scanning? Know, I think we just... Okay, it's working. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> reveal. <clears throat> Left forearm muscle quality fifty one point nine. Oh, body fat percentage thirteen. Okay, so so, so basically, so basically, I'm I'm better than you in the body fat. That's just because I'm. I'm a but man. let's let's That's try <laughs> let's try right forearm. <laughs> so, I'm, so really, it's a <laughs> which often in this office. We don't say to each other, "I'm better than you, but I'm a man." <laughs> I'm better than you, but that's just because I'm a man. Yeah, that could go bad. <laughs> I feel like I take that back. <laughs> So wow, you've got some pretty strong forearms. I yeah. this made me feel better. Thanks, guys. We all did the uh, we all did the um, Spartan race together. Spartan race together, mm-hmm. and Peter beasted the monkey bars, didn't he? Yeah, and so, the rope climb. And the rope climb. So the best you know part. what? This does make sense that he would beat us all. Yeah. Um, I wish we could have an ab off. This could actually <laughs> finally be our ab off. Remember, we were supposed to have an ab off, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you really were. We <laughs> lose that too. Maybe not on the. Well, we've just talked about. We can just do this privately. A few times. Um, so, w- just to wrap this up before we before we challenge each other, um, would you buy it? Yeah, it's uh, ninety nine dollars. I would buy it. I actually think we're gonna try it for my wife to see if it gives her a good workout plan. Um, and I'm gonna try to do the supplement. I'm not gonna change my workout program, but I will do the supplemental workouts because it has. It tells me to do a forearm exercise and a couple shoulder exercises and like kickbacks or something for your for your glutes. Um, I think it'd be interesting to try to follow it for three or four months doing those things and see if my numbers improve. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, 
any gym that you go to, they give you the body fat testing. And I feel like that's the mm-hmm. the biggest reason almost to do the personal training. It's yeah. like that gives you really more of a sense of what you're doing in terms of exercise than just weight does. Yeah. Um, and if you see real buy, results. I would actually buy that. I kind of want one now. Yeah. Well, we can just all... I think you can, we can multiple, all share multiple it. people can use the same one. You just have to log in and log out. Um, and then we'll and all wash, wash it after, after we, your we put it on our butts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin, would you buy this? I would. I actually really like the I like the training part because I I mean like I actually I don't surprise surprise. I don't do very much weights, but part of it is just that like I just never really want to expend the energy to go figure out what a good workout plan is. Right. Um and so I think having something where it's like you know, it's not just a personal trainer who I'm always a little bit like. And they're so expensive. Yeah, they're expensive. And it's always like, you know, you're just kind of going to tell me what's trendy right now. But to have the thing where it's driven by data, knows my body, that's pretty good. Seems like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's all test our butts now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our show. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about basketball and March Madness, you should check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.